Hey, this is Adam Starling. I'm the senior pastor at Victory Family Church. Thank you so much for joining us today. I pray this message will inspire you, encourage you, and hopefully challenge you to become everything that God has called you to be. Enjoy the message. Man, thank you guys so much for being here today. Some of you guys have lost weight since Easter. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm so glad that all of you are here, man. I love Christmas. We're in experience number four of five, and so we got one more to go. But man, let me tell you, the Lord has just, he's been so good to us. He's been so gracious to us the last couple days. Uh, I love this time of year. I get confused even what day it is. This is legit Christmas Eve, right? And so I felt like it was last night, and so it's tonight. And so I just love the fact that we get to spend an entire weekend really just celebrating the, the birth of our Savior. Anybody got any high expectations for tomorrow? Anybody got anything on the, the plate thinking about what's coming? Maybe you're anticipating that one gift, kiddos. Maybe you're thinking, well, I'm really hoping this happens. And so, yeah, yeah, some of you parents are like, uh-oh, they ain't getting it. They ain't getting it. It's, so, it's all right. Uh, man, maybe what those are. Ladies, maybe anticipating that little bigger diamond this year, you're thinking. Can, can, I just speak, can I just speak on all the husbands' behalf? It's tough out here. It's tough out here. The economy ain't great. Gas prices ain't that low yet. So I'm just saying it may not happen uh, that like you want it to. We all know, right, what it's like to not have our expectations being met. So maybe it was for you even recently or years ago, maybe a blind date that your friend, man, told you she's the one. Bro, like she's the one or maybe he's the one for you. And like you guys are so much alike in the entire date. You kept thinking, why does my friend hate me so bad? Like what, what have I done to my friend? For me, really, it's like restaurants that I choose. Like maybe it's on a vacation. So it's, it's restaurants that don't necessarily we have here. And so I don't know if it's nostalgia for me or what, but one example would be Del Taco. Like I remember like I had it in California like three years in a row. And I'm like, you kidding me? I can get a taco and french fries? And if I'm still hungry, I can get a hamburger? Like, this is the greatest restaurant I've ever had in my life. And I just waited. I could not wait. When I heard it was coming to more, I'm like, we'll never eat anywhere else the rest of our life. Like, we're going to eat there every day. That place is average. It is average. Like, it did not meet my expectation at, at all. And so we all know, right? We know what it's like to have some expectation that doesn't get quite met. And so I want to talk tonight and look at the gospel of Luke. And so if you have your Bibles, open them up. If you don't have a Bible, it'll be on the screen, but open your Bibles up to Luke chapter two, and we will read starting at verse one, and we will go through verse 12. It says this, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augusta that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went out to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time had come for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Christ the Lord." 
And this will be a sign for you, and you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Let's pray together. God, thanks so much. Thanks so much for the gospel. Thanks so much for the story of Christmas. God, I do pray now that the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts today truly would be pleasing, God, in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen. So sometimes, right, things are better than we expected them to be. Sometimes they're worse than we expected them to be. And sometimes they're not even necessarily better or worse, but they're just different. But we all know what it's like, what it feels like to not have our expectations met. I think that gets tricky sometimes when we're talking about what that means with our relationship with God. So some of you, if you're honest, you thought when you decided to follow Jesus that this desire to sin would just disappear. But you've quickly realized that is not the case at all. Some of you made a decision this year to start tithing and honor God through generosity and trusting and believing God that he was going to bless your finances. And after the first Sunday that you gave your tithes, you watched gas prices shoot up to $4.50 a gallon. And the truth is it's been a financial struggle ever since. Some of you started going to church this year thinking that everyone in the church was going to be loving and accepting and kind. And you've experienced on multiple occasions this year that followers of Jesus keep letting you down, not living up to your expectations that you thought should be on them. Even this Christmas season, when it's supposed to be this season of of joy and hope for everyone, but for you, for whatever reason, it's been nothing but stress and anxiety and struggle. And it's hard to say this, but even celebrating the birth of our Savior, maybe this week, it just hasn't been exactly what you expected it to be. So what do we do with that? What do we do when the life with Jesus that we chose doesn't look like we thought it would? What do we do when Jesus doesn't meet our expectations. Well, the Christmas story really is about expectations. So you and I, we have the privilege, we look back and we celebrate the birth of a Savior. But in Jesus' day, they were living this. They were living with this great anticipation of this Savior to be born. Certainly, they had expectations of what this Savior would be, what this Savior would look like, where he would come from. And in this text tonight, the first person that we're introduced to is Caesar Augusta. You look in verse 1, it says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augusta that all the world should be registered. So Caesar, I mean, this is the guy who built Rome into the empire that it was. And at one point, he has officially declared himself the son of God. So right away, you and I were invited to consider their expectation of a new savior that was coming as finally the true son of God, that he then would become the new Caesar. Finally, he would bring social and political power back to the people of Israel once and for all. And then we're introduced to Joseph and Mary in verse 4. And it says, Joseph also went up from Galilee in the town of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David. So they had traveled 90 miles to the town of Bethlehem for a census. Why? Because they were from the line of David. So at the moment, if you know your Bible at all, like at the moment when you hear David's name, like we're suddenly now underneath the same expectation of a Messiah, that he would be the new David, like a better David, a greater David that would finally bring Israel back to its national glory that they experienced under his reign. And then the text kind of turns and we're introduced to the shepherds in verse 8 and 9. 
It says, in the same region, there were shepherds out on the field, keeping watch over their flock. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And it says they were filled with great fear. So shepherds, culturally, man, they weren't really accepted. They were seen as kind of unclean or or dirty, kind of outcast of society. And we see the birth of Jesus is being announced to them. Certainly, they expected the Son of God to be born in some sort of castle or to be celebrated by kings or priests to the powerful people of the world. But the image we get of a Savior being born, possibly in a barn, lying in a manger, being visited by these lowly shepherds, that didn't fit their expectation at all. But the Christmas story, if you'll watch, it's like this reversal of expectation over and over. And it's really not that Jesus didn't meet their expectation. It's not really that Jesus didn't live up to their expectation. He just didn't fit them because Jesus was so much better than they expected. You see, they thought they needed a king for the day, right? But Jesus came as an eternal king who rules and reigns forever, not just the day. They thought they needed David to come back into the family of God. But no, no, Jesus came back to bring all nations under one family of God. They thought they needed a savior who would come from the powerful and the influential. But Jesus came from ordinary people with a mission to seek and to save the lost. So yeah, Jesus didn't fit their expectation because he was so much more than what they expected. And really, it's not just true with the Christmas story. If you look all the way through the Bible and the life of Jesus, time and time again, we see that Jesus always was better than what they expected. Maybe like in Luke chapter 5, you might remember this story where a group of friends lowered their friend down through the roof, the the paralyzed man for Jesus to, to be healed. And not only did Jesus heal that man, but he declared in front of the entire crowd because of his faith that his sins had been forgiven. Family, he's better. Like he's always better. Or maybe like over in Luke chapter 7, when Jesus' friend Lazarus is sick and he finally gets to the house. And you might remember, but but Mary, his sister, is like distraught and she's furious. Just saying, if you'd only been here, he wouldn't have died. And not only does Jesus stop to mourn with Mary in her loss, But he actually goes to the tomb and he raises her brother from the dead. He's better. He's always better. Or maybe like over in Luke chapter 8, we see this woman who's been sick for like 12 years. And she just expected, if I could at least touch the hem of his garment, that she would be healed. And not only does that lady experience healing, but Jesus stopped what he was doing, stopped in his tracks to seek her out and to validate her life and her experience. Family, he's better. He's always better. You might remember before you had children, you remember going to restaurants and you saw kids acting a fool and you thought, never, not on my watch, never in my life will my child ever behave in such a way, right? Well, spoiler alert, things didn't always go exactly how you wanted them to in the restaurant, have they? But even raising children, maybe it hasn't gone exactly the way you thought it would go, but my goodness, it is so much better than you ever dreamed possible. Church, Jesus may not fit our expectations. It's not because he can't meet them. It's because he's so much better than you can ever imagine. He's better than that genie in a bottle that's granting your every wish. Like he's better than you winning the lottery that you spend every time you pass the billboard, right? He's better than that. 
Like he's better than any king, any political leader you want to raise up to save this nation. Like he's better than that. He's better than anything. He's better than any drug, any high that you would ever experience here on this earth. Jesus may not be who you expected, but family, he is better. So every one of us, right, we have these expectations of Jesus. We expect him to provide for and to to watch over our families. We expect him to rescue us all from these tough situations or, or maybe help us get out of a bad relationship that we're in, right? We just expect him to come and take away the pain that we've experienced from some trauma or loss. And it's not that Jesus doesn't do those things. It's not that he's incapable of doing those things, but sometimes the way he chooses to work is not the way we expect it. And frankly, that can be really difficult sometimes. Eugene Peterson says this great quote. He said, Jesus does not always meet our expectations, does not always give us what we ask for or what we think we need. When he doesn't, we feel let down, we feel deflated, disappointed, or we surf to another channel on the TV, or we try another church that will hopefully give us what we ask for. Maybe you've expected Jesus to fix every single problem you've had since the day you followed him, and if you're honest, it's actually gotten more difficult, and that's disappointing. Maybe you've expected and believed Jesus was going to bless you with money and success, and you're still waiting, and you're barely holding on to hope. Maybe you've prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed ultimately to find out that your God said no. And that's difficult. It's difficult to navigate. And again, it's not, what if this? What if Jesus doesn't meet your expectations, but that he's actually better than your expectation? Like, what if he has chosen not to keep you out of that storm because he knows that the testing of your faith will produce perseverance in you? Like, what if he hasn't blessed you with the success you wanted because he knows at the present time your character can't handle maybe that promotion yet? What if he said no because he knows what you need is far better than what you want? Like, what if, right? What if the, the, the king of kings, what if the Lord, the God of the universe, like, what if he does have a better vantage point than we do? Like, what if he sees our lives, actually he knows tomorrow? Like there's something true about the hairs on your head that he knows them. Like what if that, like what if he really is the Lord of all and he knows what's best and, and maybe things haven't worked out the way you want them to because again, he has a, he has a, it's a bigger plan. It's his plan. Quite frankly, Julie and I, this past year have probably walked through, I don't know, one of the most difficult seasons of our entire lives probably. And if I'm honest with you this evening, in that season, God didn't really meet our expectations. He certainly did not exceed our expectations of healing or delivering us or fixing it. But I can tell you, he's walked all the way through this situation with us. He's taught us what it meant to love one another, to to care and sacrifice, to trust one another more than anything at all. And, And looking back, like even this last season, like I'm still learning to be grateful that my expectations of avoiding some trials in our lives, but instead he chose to walk with us in the middle of those trials. See, if Mary and Joseph had to travel like 90 some miles while she was nine months pregnant, I'm just sure they had to deal with the crazy rumors and whispers of people who didn't believe the story. They told them about this miraculous conception of their son. 
And then they have to leave their home after he's born because there's a crazy king who wants to kill their son. And even in the midst of that, he was better. He was better than they could have ever expected. You see, the greatest promise of Christmas is found in the prophecy in Isaiah that's repeated here in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. And it says, Behold, the virgin shall come and conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Family, he's with us. He's with us. And that's the promise that you have today. And because he's with us, he makes everything better. Listen, it's not that you were ever promised that you got to avoid pain, but he's with you in the pain. Like there was never a promise actually given that you get to avoid disappointment, but he's with you every time you're disappointed. And maybe it's your your prayers aren't answered exactly the way you want them to, but even when they're not, he's with you. And you can trust that he knows better. He knows better. You know what I've realized over the years, maybe even it's Christmas time where I, maybe I was disappointed with something. Even on days that I haven't got exactly what I thought I needed, what I wanted in my own life. Maybe that year you thought it was going to be nothing but blessings, but it appears you've received nothing but trials. Even when my life maybe hasn't been exactly what you expected it to be, it's still so much better than I deserve. It's so much better than I deserve. I said this last week. But I'll say it again. I deserve hell. I do. I deserve an eternal separation from God. But the Christmas story, thank glory be to God, is a reminder that you and I don't get what we deserve. It's incredible. Let me just look on what the the Savior was born. But listen, he didn't stay a baby. Like he, he grew up and he came to seek and save the lost. It's incredible news that you and I don't get what we deserve. You get a God who loves you. I get a God who loves me, who sent his son to die that I might live. He's better than I ever expected. And he's certainly far better than I deserve. The shepherds are super interesting to me. Shepherds, of course, have always been a part of the Christmas story. And you put them in your nativity scene on your mantle every year. They're just an interesting group of guys to me. If you think about it, it's just kind of weird. It's just weird that they are the ones that have been invited into the story to celebrate the birth of Christ. Because again, remember, they're dirty, they're social outcasts, they had no power, had no influence, and yet you see God invite them in. It's certainly way more than they deserve. And I just love their willingness to go. Like if you read the text, they just hear, they get word, and they just go. Like surely they had tons of questions, right? Like, why Bethlehem? Like, why is there going to be a baby lying in a manger? Like, why are we invited to celebrate the birth of our Savior? And yet they just went. They just went and they just worshiped. And they spread the good news that they had seen him. And I just can't help but wonder if there's not people even here tonight. But it's a number of people that have came through here this week. And I can't help but think there are people that came through these doors tonight simply because your family asked you to come. And listen, I'm unbelievably thankful that you're here. That there are those of you that maybe came, because here in the Bible Belt, it still is pretty a thing to do at Christmas. Maybe not all over the world, but in the Bible Belt, people still go to church on Christmas. And I'm unbelievably thankful that you're here. Maybe you came because you got tricked that grandma was going to make the coconut cream pie tomorrow, right? And that's okay. I'm unbelievably grateful that you were here. 
maybe, maybe you just feel like you're just too busy right now. You have no intentions of following Jesus at all. I don't know, whatever that case may be, I need you to hear me say, he's better. He's just better. He's better than whatever you have going on in your life. The plan that you've made for your life, like even if it's going great, he's better. He's better than any of that. He's better than the hurt you felt when things didn't go your way. He's better than the plan you have for your life. He's better. And, and like the shepherds, he loves you. And he invites you into the story. And not because you deserve it. Certainly not because you've earned it. And honestly, he may not answer all the questions that you have right away. But my goodness, life with him is so much better than you ever could imagine. The Christmas story, it's a reminder that Jesus may not be exactly what you expected, but he's better. Listen, don't be fooled by what you got at Christmas. Like, like you didn't get wealth necessarily. If you have that, thank God for it. You were never promised health, but if you got that, thank God for that. You, you didn't ever get no trials. You, you weren't promised no tribulation. You got Jesus. You got Jesus. That's it, and that's all, and he's better. He's enough. He's enough for you when your marriage is on the rocks this Christmas. He's enough for you when someone in your family is dying of cancer right now. He's enough. He's better than anything you have going. He's better than the, the bad things and the tragedies in your life. But listen to me, family. He's better than even the incredible things that you have going on in your life. He is better. He's better and he came that you might experience his better. Amen. Let's pray together. Father God, we love you. We do thank you, God, that you are better. You're better than anything. And we thank you for the story, God, and we thank you for truly the reason for this season, God. And for those of us in here that know you, God, would you just remind us of that? I know a lot of us, God, we can walk with you for years and this time can, we can get a bit callous to it. But can it just remind me, God, of you were born, not just a baby, you were born a Savior. A Savior that we all needed. Nobody escapes the need for a Savior. And we thank you for that, God. So with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I just want to speak to you just for a second. Maybe you would say, maybe you're that person who would say, I don't really know the Lord. I just want you to hear me say, you know, the reason in this season there's so much gift giving this time of year, it's because the greatest gift ever given to planet earth is Jesus Christ. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have and receive this amazing gift of eternal life. Friends, if you met Jesus, it's just like any other gift that's given. You have to receive it. Tomorrow, people can give you a whole host of gifts, but if you don't receive them, you will never enjoy them. Jesus is God's gift to you this Christmas season. Have you received Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Do you love Jesus? Do you actually follow Jesus? Do you trust Jesus? Would you let Jesus make your soul clean today? And so maybe you would say this today, I don't know him as Lord. I don't know him as Savior but you want to. And that's the way the Spirit of God works. Maybe even sitting in this experience, you had no intention of this, but God is tugging on your heart in some way. Again, you would never choose him on your own, but he turns your heart. He woos you, the Bible says, to him. 
So maybe today you say, man, I want to figure this out. I don't, I don't know all the answers, but man, I want to surrender my life to him. I want to start following him. Never done this before. If that's you, you slip up your hand. I just want to say a quick prayer for you. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. Man, today is my day. I want to follow. Maybe you've been to church your whole life. Why don't we as a family all pray this prayer together? Pray this way, Father God. Thank you for saving me. You are better. Come into my life. Be Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins. And from this day forward, I choose you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media and tag at VFC underscore Newcastle. If you haven't already, download the Victory Family Church app to stay connected with everything that's happening throughout the week. Thanks again for listening. Have an awesome week.